I just wrote this session. I wrote it last week. And uh, I don't know if it should stick or not. Y'all tell me if it should. But in dealing with church revitalization, I've noticed that we're not only dealing with five global giants, but we're dealing with five demonic giants within the church. How do we deal with the challenges in front of us? How do we identify in spiritual warfare how to address these giants in the church? And they have, there's five of them, and I want to give them to you, and I want to tell you about them. And I'm going to tell you all five, then we'll talk about each one of them. Entitlement, elitism, arrogance, racism, and judgment. And judging. Entitlement is the attitude is I deserve something. Entitlement is one of the nastiest demons in hell. Because if you're entitled, when you don't get your way, you break out in rage. Break out in rage. Entitlement can manifest itself in simple ways. Like somebody is sitting in my pew. Somebody's parked in my spot. I struggle with that one. Everybody knows I park up at the office by that big oak tree, and I pull up there, and Jim Chisholm's parked in my parking spot. And I go, Jim Chisholm's parked in my parking spot. It's the demon of entitlement. It's not Jim Chisholm. Jim Chisholm loves God. He just don't know where to park. (laughs) That's my entitlement. So, Jim, every time you come up to that office and that spot's open, please park there because that helps me grow spiritually. Why it does it sometimes just aggravate me, but that's a different thing. (laughs) Entitlement. Entitlement says, I deserve something. I deserve something. Elitism. The giant of elitism, the attitude is, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. You're not as important as I am, and I'm better than you, and I'm going to look down at you. You know, you're not the same class of people. You don't have the same education. You don't have the same pedigree. Now, y'all, I grew up in a family that my mother was the daughter of the revolution, daughters of the revolution, daughters of the Confederacy, a member of the garden club. Who cares? Who cares? But it's all in that elitism. Arrogance. Arrogance is described as I know more than you do. I'm smarter than you are. In fact, not only am I better than you are, I deserve more than you do. I'm smarter than you are. I'm arrogant. American. What I've noticed is those three demons, they hang out together. They hang out together. When I was in Canada, we had to deal with a really hard, divisive situation. We had a person who really tried to destroy my ministry. He was openly divisive with me. And unfortunately, he was on our staff. So we had to make a hard decision. And our elder board made the decision. And we went through our church and we prayed about the demon of entitlement and the demon of elitism and the demon of arrogance. And after we made that decision, our church grew by a thousand people a weekend within two weeks. Racism. This giant says, you're not like me. Therefore, you're unacceptable. You're a different color from me. Your hair is different from me. You're unacceptable. You're, I grew up in the Deep South, and I remember my home church voting on whether or not to accept black people into the congregation. I remember that. I remember that as an eight- or nine-year-old boy going, have they lost their minds? Do you know what turned the tide in that fateful business meeting? 
my daddy standing up and talking about how wrong it was. My daddy was the chairman of the deacons. Hmm. My father's courage helped that church escape the grip of this giant. Y'all, and this is a tough one. You know, a church should never vote on accepting folks based on ethnic background. Did y'all know that? God loves all people, and his mandate is to preach the gospel to all people groups. As I have traveled this world, I see giants of racism cut its cruel path and making churches ineffective. I've seen racism expressed in churches in Africa with one tribe racist over another. Judging. This giant loves to compare and criticize. The giant of judging is insidious. It casts a shadow in unhealthy ways of not being self-aware, but judging people based on your arrogance, entitlement, or elitism, or racism. And if you're different race, the judgment on judgmentalism is exacerbated. When judging is raging, then everyone is suspicious. Judging binds you, blinds you from your sin, and causes you only see the sins of others. Judging also leads you into group thought where the cycle of judging is repeated. The result is a generational curse of judging that pollutes the church for years. Judging drives broken people away and allows dysfunctional people to rule the day. It's a nasty giant. God desires these giants to go. They are squatters in the space occupied by God's people. God desires the church to be a place strategically in culture in order to show himself to the world. These giants block the cultural view of God, causing culture to think wrongly of God and his purposes for them. These giants need to go. How? How? Through peace. The peace plan regarding the five giants. Partner and pray. Pray and partner. Pray and partner. Do we have slides for this one, Scotty? They're right there. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Okay. Pray and partner. This strategy confronts entitlement with the truth that one, that we owe everything to Jesus and his grace. Our expectations should be on what Jesus desires and not on our selfish preferences. We should pray for self-awareness and partner with one another for accountability. Galatians 6 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer is overcome by some sin, you are godly, so gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Galatians 2 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. A final word from Ephesians, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the armor of uh, God's armor so you may be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Finally, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray, pray, and partner with one another to pray. Esteem. The strategy confronts elitism with the truth that we are co-equals. No one is more loved by God than anyone else. God loves us all. We need humility that leads to a servant's heart, not an elitism that leads to segregation. 
hold people in place of honor and with high esteem. Proverbs 2, Philippians 2 says this, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look down on, don't look out for your own interests, but also take the interests of others. Galatians 6, be careful not to fall into the temptation yourself. Share with each other's burdens and this way obey all the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. I have other passages, but we don't have time. I'll give you this copy of this. Awareness. Be aware of who you are and how you react combats arrogance. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, humility reigns. Biblical humility means setting aside your rights, preferences, and desires for the good of others. Awareness is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 6 says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Action steps of self-awareness is putting people ahead of tradition, programs, budgets, and really loving them. The more you grow like Christ, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. 2 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Cultural sensibility. Cultural sensibility confronts the spiritual racism. God loves people and so should we. Racism is repulsive to God and he has no place in the life of a believer. Because racism is a learned attitude that is propelled by the satanic force, then believers need to be aware and intentionally embrace diversity of ethnicity. God told the story of the Good Samaritan to illustrate his embracing of different cultures. When I was in Canada, we had 48 different people groups in our church. I was translated every weekend into four different languages. One of them was English. <laughs> the last is engagement. The way to destroy judging is to engage your heart, soul, mind, and strength in order to love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is the heart of the law and the prophets. How can you love if you're judging? John said, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, what, that person's a liar. For we don't love people, then we can't see. How can we love God? We cannot see. And he's given us his command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Jesus said this, don't judge others and you'll not be judged. We will be treated as you are treated. The standard we use judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye, hypocrite? First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Engagement is to enter into the hurts, habits, and hangups of others and to love them as Christ has loved them. Peace works to slay the global giants and peace works to slay the demonic giants in the church. Should I keep that session in this to pastors? Because I've never taught this before. This church called First Baptist Church Wimberley, Wyatt called it today. He said, we are in revival. 
Wyatt called it. He said, we're, if Wyatt said it, then it must be true, right? We're in revival. The fires of revival burn best in the heart of humility. In humility. Let's become the church God wants us to be. Let's be a building lives church that honors God all for Jesus. Father, I thank you for this, these folks and their patient endurance and their attendance has said more about them than it has about me or this teaching. And Father, I pray that this church, your church, will literally become the hope of the world. May it be said of us, all for Jesus. May it echo in our halls and echo in our hearts, echoes in the corridors of this city, reverberate off the hills in this valley, spread to the great plains of Texas, to the heart of this nation, and shake the whole world with your truth that Jesus, we are yours and we live for your glory. This is your church, Jesus. So we commit ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to one another. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Thank you for enduring. And we got it done. 14 minutes overtime, okay? So go enjoy, Cookie. God bless you. We'll uh, continue the conversation out there, okay? If you want my notes, uh, email Amber and she will send them to you, okay?